Yeah, Cover City. It's DC joined by Steve-O and Rue and our tech man Pat in the booth. First ever Cover City Sports Podcast. We're excited to get this out to you. We plan on recording every Wednesday, dropping a podcast every Thursday on all major platforms for you. Uh, we're just some amateur sports fans enjoying what we're doing, trying to have fun. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's get this thing started, baby. Pat, play the music. Three, two, one. All right, boys. Today, uh, the ACC announced a 11-game regular season schedule, 10 conference games, with the uh, playoff to be either December 12th or 18th. I think that's a huge step forward for college football. The SEC is either meeting tomorrow or Friday, and the Pac-12 is meeting Friday. I think they're going to follow suit. Um, I know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have come out and said that the uh, they're gonna they're gonna do uh, just conference games, um, but uh, the ACC did release that they will allow teams uh, to play one out of conference game, which I think is huge. And, no, and Notre Dame's hopping in there, right? As a uh, so no, Notre Dame will be Notre Dame will be uh, joining the ACC for this season. They're going to share in all the TV uh, money, which I think that's a big reason why Notre Dame never joined a conference ever before is because they get to keep their bowl monies. They don't share it with in conference like the rest of these conferences do. And then their TV money, NBC, always went directly to Notre Dame. They didn't have to share it within conference. But now that they don't have a conference, they're basically, you know, they're screwed. But you you said so you said to take a step back, you said the ACC is announcing the playoff to start, would you say a week earlier or a week later? The season or the playoff? You said a playoff. No, no, the playoff for the ACC will either be December twelfth or eighteenth, however right. the regular season plays out. So there'll be two teams. They said with it with within the within the ACC conference, the two teams with the best records, there's not gonna be a, you know, a split in divisions like there used to be. It's just whoever has the two best records in the ACC play will meet in, in Charlotte on that date. Right. We got December 12th and December 19th. 19th, yeah. The highest yeah. conference winning percentages. See, Rooster, that's um seven days apart, and I went uh, six. Extremely. <laughs> extremely See, what, like, what, what's great about this is it sounds like Big Five is is trying is moving forward with football. What sucks yeah, power five. is the wind could blow too hard tomorrow and everything just fucking derailed. Definitely. I, you know, everything is, is all depending on this whole pandemic and where it goes. But I, I just, I think it's huge that, you know, once you set a schedule, I believe that that at least gives you focus to say, Hey, th- we're starting on X date and this is what we're going to do where now, you know, I mean, what did you hear about basically the other big time sports coming back, major league baseball, NBA, NFL, they set a date. They went for it. You didn't hear people until, you know, this week when when things were introduced uh, with baseball. You didn't hear anybody complaining and saying, oh, what are they doing this, that, or the other? Well, th- that's just because, like, that's the nature of, of, like, the media today. People want whatever's going to – the headline that's going to make people click on it. So the headline being things are staying normal, no one's going to click on. The headline, MLB season pot- potentially canceled because uh, 14 14- – uh, Marlins players tested positive is is what they're going to put out. And so that's why I think I hope, I'm hoping there's more positivity around the, 
the college football and NCAA just not coming out because that, that doesn't create clicks for the media. Exactly. No, I, I think they need to keep it as positive as possible and keep the ball moving forward. I was pretty disappointed with a lot of FCS. I mean, we're, we're kind of big on FCS football here. So I was, I was disappointed with how quickly very competitive conferences in the FCS canceled, canceled their entire program. Like, like for instance, the CAA. I mean, when I played football, I was in the NEC. The NEC has yet to, they're, they're still moving forward full, full fledge ahead. And the CAA was the conference we wanted to be in. They're all step above. They were, they were, yeah, they were easily, they were multiple steps above. And it's like in, in 10 years, the NEC is acting more competitive than the CAA already. Which is sad because you, you can't you can't make a rash decision about this because, like you said, everything could change tomorrow, but everything could change for the better. How do you know? How do you know it's not going to get better? You know, and people are. Well, you know, I don't know, doing where, where does the benefit lie in canceling? Are they say is are the are the universities saving money somehow by canceling earlier? I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, they're no. No, there's, there's no deadlines. There's no – it's not like the golf tournament that they canceled the, the Open Championship. The re- only reason they canceled the Open Championship over in Europe is because they had a $27 million insurance policy against cancellations. And it, and it stated in the insurance policy, pandemics are you know, viable for, for cancellation. So they were able to recoup – they were able to get that money by backing out? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only reason they backed out when they did. There's I mean, the PGA there. Championship, PGA Championships next week, the uh, the U.S. Opens uh, in September, and then you got the Masters in November. The the other majors are are are, are going forward. Let's stick on NCAA on NCAA football. See, what do you? How do you see it playing out? I mean, so many gaps in schedule, so many teams doing conference only. I think the biggest issue, honestly is more so logistics right now uh, than anything else, especially with the, and then, then you have a, a whole nother issue of, okay, what happens if players are four or five games into the season and a whole wave comes around, you know, dozens of people are testing positive on every team. Schools have liability over these players. It's supposed to be academics first. So then do they lose a year of eligibility? There's, there's a lot of moving parts here. Playing devil's Obviously, I, I just want football. Rutgers football, they have to quarantine till August 1st. They can't even get going now because of uh, a length party. And like you said, what if that happens four to five games into the season? M- Michigan State's the same way right now, Rooster. They're right. all in so you got 14 quarantines. Yeah. Yep. So, I, again, there's going to be hiccups, just like in Major League Baseball with the Miami Marlins. You know, the, that team is, you know, under suspension or whatever you want to call it. They've canceled other games till Monday. And I think the same will follow with college football. Um, I think the biggest thing for these guys, it's like the NBA is in a bubble, which is nice because unless you're Lou Williams, um, you know, you're staying in your bubble. So, I mean, we those, kinda, those are some good looking wings. They, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to touch on that later on here when we kind of uh, jump off with the NBA starting up tomorrow. But uh I think with college football, I think it's it's all going to be a you know week by week and and a process to see who's healthy. Yeah, and this is where I think the NCAA. We were hoping today we would get some answers to them on the championships. The NCAA needs to come out and say, "Hey, are, are we hosting an FCS playoff this year? Are we hosting a D three playoff this year?" FBS is more so the Power Five kind of decides the fate of 
of, of D1, D1A football. Right. But I think that like August 4th, so now they push. So August 4th, they have to come out with this information. Uh, my thing is what, what are they going to say to protect the players in terms of their eligibility? Because that's when it's like these, if these guys, if they're, if they're sophomores and you know, they got looks in the NFL, do they want a waste of year of eligibility for a season that might potentially be only four to six games? Like that's why I think spring, uh, some FCS schools are saying they want to play football in the spring. I think that is worst case scenario. I don't know how you play football in March April in May or June, end the season in June, and then report back to camp in July or August for a new right. season. Or a if, you're season. A senior, if you're a senior trying to report back, trying to report to an NFL camp after like a month of rest and try to make a team, that's why we're already seeing like the cornerback from Virginia um, opted out of his senior year. He said, I'm just going to train for, for the combine. Right. No, he, you know, and he, he's a projected first round pick and you're probably going to see that with some guys, especially, you know, guys that, that basically come from nothing and know that they at least have a legit shot to go first two days in the draft. You're going to see kids, you know, opting out and now the, the, you know, the other kids that you're talking about, that's a sophomore trying to make a name for himself. Those are the guys that, that want to play that like you, you, you posted on um, Twitter today about, you know, coach Ford saying you play on blacktop. That, that's what I think 98% of these players are, 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 are all about. Coach Ford, so Coach Ford, you all been my coach at you all me coached there 30 plus years, started the program when it was club all the way up to he got them basically, I think the year they entered the CAA or the year before, um, and then full scholarship. But literally, it was almost like he wanted to play you know, on an asphalt parking lot. Before every game, he told us, I don't care if we're playing on an asphalt parking lot we're going to be ready to play football. I think it was the only thing in his career that he didn't get the chance to do was play in an asphalt parking lot. And, and I think that that's the mindset of, of the majority of these college football players. You know, they're, they're playing big time division one college football. They want to be on TV. They want to be out there. They want to, you know, they want to make a name for themselves. But so my question is what happens if the NCAA prior to the season starting says, if any, if any player wants to drop out of this year, they will receive a, you know, they will not lose a year of eligibility. I don't see how they can take eligibility away from these players. I, and that's in my opinion. I, I just, so if, if that sophomore knows that, Hey, this, this might only last a couple games. If, if so, I lose a year of eligibility. What, yeah. That's why I think the NCAA needs to be a little more vocal and, and come out and kind of help steer this ship right now. They're kind of just shying away. And they keep pushing, which I like the fact that they're not canceling anything, but I still think that some communication needs to come out because all of a sudden it could be by the time next week and, and you got 30, 40 stars that are just dropping out of college football for the year. And well, maybe I, mean, I can definitely tell you these top fives. People like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you know, Trey Lance. They're 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 draft eligible next year, and they're they're projected. Obviously, Fields and 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 uh, uh, Lawrence are, are Heisman Trophy candidates, basically one two. And uh, Lance, I mean, he 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 could he could potentially be a first day, uh, you know, NFL draft pick next year. They're not going to play in the spring. That's a hundred percent. If if that's what it comes down to, that Steve, that that kind of transitioned us into into the weekly, you know. Who are we talking about or who, who are we not talking about that we should be talking about? And so this week's is Trey Lance. And, Steve, why don't you go ahead and fill, fill the listeners in on 
why they should know his name. Well, I mean, he's a big time, big time um, college quarterback from North Dakota State. Uh, basically, what did he throw, Rooster? 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions last year. Yeah. And how many did he rush for? Like uh, 16. Anyway, so so Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. That's where uh, Carson Wentz came from. They are yep. an absolute FCS powerhouse, won the national championship year after year. Last year, he came in and literally blew the socks off the freaking place. And, and mind you, he, he he's a he's a red shirt sophomore. Or yeah. red shirt freshman. I'm red sorry. Shirt red freshman, shirt freshman. He'll be a red shirt sophomore this year coming up. So that's right. why he's draft eligible because he's got three years under his belt. But I mean you know, for a kid like him, you know, this, this could propel him into Carson Wentz status. What if Carson Wentz didn't, didn't play his senior year or his draft eligible year? You know, will we be talking about him as the second overall pick? Highly, uh, highly unlikely. So Trey Lance, um, Rooster, try to look this up, but he's a, he's a must follow on Twitter. Very vocal, fairly outspoken. Uh, loves ripping media apart for trying to cancel FCS football and or push it to the spring. Which I, I loved I loved his tweet. Ru, who do you respond to? Who do you respond to with the tweet about the Oregon game getting canceled? I loved that. He can't you know he came out basically said, you know, I don't know who you're talking about, but but we sure want to He was on ESPN saying you know the FCS it would be a great idea for them to play. Oh, the- uh, David Pollock. Yeah, have league dreams. Yep. So their 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 home opener, or no, not their opener, was supposed to be in Oregon, and um, it, it was a a game that a lot of people were very interested in. So basically, Oregon o- opened up with North Dakota State, and and Ohio then Ohio State. State. Massive two games because. State is not a pushover for Oregon, just not. Uh, no, especially, especially the, the especially level that they're Right. Uh, that would have. I mean, he if he went into Oregon and put on a show, that would have put him. He would became a household name after that. I think. I mean, he could have put him in the Heisman, you know, running. I, I mean, that, it's so tough to 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 judge. I mean, definitely, you know, Fields and, and Lawrence are, are one two. Um, and the Heisman, but after that, the, the door's wide open. And this kid, you know, he could have put I mean, you know, we know him because we follow FCS, but he'd be an everyday name. And, and he probably will be by the end of the year, you know, if, 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 if they go forward playing. But, I mean, here's some of his stats last year. As, as, a, as a redshirt freshman, he threw for almost 2,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, zero INTs, which is absolutely Big, insane. That's the biggest, that's the biggest stat, zero interceptions. <laughs> insane I, I don't i mean i couldn't do that against a pop warner team this week a, quarter, a quarterback can accidentally just throw the ball away at like you know before going into halftime and gets intercepted you know what yeah, i mean exactly time's running out rushed for a thousand yards 14 touchdowns i mean they're not playing pushover teams i mean they're 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 you know they're powerhouse fcs national champ you know championship what two out of the last three years it's you know the 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 kids. The kid's going to be an NFL player. He's going to be playing on Sundays. It, it's just unfortunate that we couldn't watch him play at his you know top level this year. No, no. What else, Rooster? Look this one up. Who was the the inside linebacker from North Dakota State that just transferred to LSU? 
uh, to play his senior year. Oh, no, I failed it. Yeah, I I'll did, yes. I, I know what you're talking about. Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox, yeah. I mean, that, this, this is the competition. Did you say Cox? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see how his senior year will play out. Uh, he, he was He's a stud. Going from one national champion to another. I mean, I like it. You know, you, you guy like him, you, you're propelling your ho- – hopefully you're kind of – uh, your image and 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 your uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he's going to get no, notified or no, notoriety, notoriety going to LSU. You know, SAT mo- right there, SAT word of the week is notoriety. Yeah, no, I mean, I I did score a non uh, NA on my SAT. It's, it's technically a hundred percent if you don't ever take it. NA, it's a, it's an NA pad. I mean, you get a perfect score if you don't take it. <laughs> so, all you young people out there, notoriety, Steve O's SAT word of the week. Pow, 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 pow. pow. Next, now, how, week, how about next week? We'll ask him to spell it. <laughs> uh, ooh, thank, thank God for autocorrect. <clears throat> but all right, so now you know, we we got uh. Trey Lance kind of on the, uh, on the board here. Um, another thing that we came across this week was, um, players, uh, being able to make money off of their names. Um, yes, this has been a big topic that is, I think everyone's kind of in agreement. If a university is selling jerseys and tagging someone's name on the back number, whatever it might be, it's 2020. These, these kids should be making money off it in some regards. I mean, I, I, I agree, but there are a lot of people out there who don't agree. I think a ton of people disagree with paying student athletes. I think that gets messy, sloppy. I think we'll see this year for, for schools that can't have an NFL or can't have a college football program, how many other sports now aren't part, literally part of the school anymore because college football season didn't happen. I mean, the revenue from college football allows other sports to happen on campuses. So I, I do not think college athletes should be paid by schools. At the universities. And I, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I just think this is where it's going to get dicey because you say Justin Fields signs a sneaker contract or, you know, a cleat contract, whatever they might sign with Nike. Well, now who, who, who's recruiting him? Okay. Ohio state wears Nike. So, you know, you wouldn't Georgia wears Nike, but what if, you know, Nebraska wears Adidas. What if Adidas comes in and says, you sign with Nebraska, we're going to give you X amount of dollars to, to come here. You know, I, I just think it might be dicey when you're, when you're dealing with uh, recruitment. I, I think, I think you're right. Because that, that's like uh, essentially my, my take on it would be that the universities will wind up organizing that sponsorship uh, for the, for the players. Right. Which like, basically those, those they're already doing. Right. But like, how do you pass that on to them? You know, not, now you're talking about paying them, but I just don't think that the universities will miss the opportunity to, to control that revenue stream. So let's take a step back. Let's so open, uh, open doors. Haven't heard of them. They came out with potential earnings for a few, you know, rather big college athletes Based off, so these are estimates based off name, image, and likeliness earnings. Uh, Justin Fields, $1.34 million. Trevor Lawrence, $1.23 million. Uh, Spencer Rattler, 827000 
uh, in Mind Texas. You, he's, I think he's taken like 14 snaps in college football. That's what I was going to say. That's where I find it fishy with Spencer Rattler making near a million dollars off his name as someone who has barely seen a quarter of uh, NCAA football. Yeah. You're, 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 you're in Oklahoma. Hey, you're, it you're is in Oklahoma, right. Sooners. It's just – it's just like he's the CEO of you know whatever you want to whatever company you want to insert. Um, right. Then we got I will destroy this his last name because I uh, I can't pronounce any any names. But Texas Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, three hundred and forty seven k. So he, he got a lot of notoriety last year. He's you know QB at Texas, but still three hundred and fifty k. I mean that's money. You got um, Dave Dave G Harris. Um, 207k hold on before you move forward with that dave i just wanted to tell you texas football made over two billion dollars in the last decade two billion for their football program i played with a kid that played in texas and he was like i mean minimum you get 15k at a at a football game big games you get 20 30,000 this is high school football i mean we, yeah, we right. don't understand what football is like in texas in georgia and uh, in Florida, we, we just yeah. don't. You know, um, that's why they're the hotbeds for recruiting. I mean, it's not it's not because you know we're upstate New York. Yeah, we, we probably don't understand the whole dynamic of it, but you know it it's big time down there. I mean, I'll just I won't roll through all these, but Najee Harris, running back at at Bama, two hundred and seven k QB at Notre Dame, one eighty. Uh, Florida Florida's QB ninety five k. Uh, we go all the way. He goes. They go all the way down to the University of Houston. Uh, their QB making forty k. And uh, that's uh, actually Dave. That's Miami's starting quarterback. We did a we did a um a profile on on the U uh, this week, and that's uh Derek King. He he transferred. He's a grad transfer from Houston. So I mean, that that's a lot of freaking money. Uh, you're talking making seven figures as a twenty year old. Uh, granted, yeah. I, I think they should. I mean, a lot of these people, you know, they, they might last. They'll look at draft, maybe get drafted, maybe get signed, last float around the NFL for a little bit, and then they're over. But when you're propelled in any other industry to that level of fame, you cash in. 100%. And I think that that gives these guys the ability at, you know, <clears throat> who knows, Johnny Manziel. I mean, how much money would Johnny Manziel have made in college football? I mean, did, how much you money think did he make? Did his school are how much money did he did his school profit off him? Texas AM. I, I mean, I mean, he, he was everything. I mean, he was the face of college football. But besides Tim Tebow, I don't know if there was a bigger, bigger name out there, you know, in college football in the last decade. I don't even think it's close. So the amount of money that some of these guys can generate for themselves at you know during college, I just I think it's it's something that should be move forward and, and let these guys earn off of their likability. Cause there's nothing to say that they don't go to the NFL and they fizzle out in a year or two. And none of that money's guaranteed. The other question is, so like, when do they get paid out on this? Is, are they getting paid while they're in school? Is this money going to a fund until they are, you know, out of school? Um, Cause then, it, then like you have to, I, I agree with this, but I have to also play devil's advocate does it start to ruin the integrity of college football I where think it does, and I millionaires, you have millionaires <laughs> playing with kids that are making zero dollars. Right. And then I think, like you said, throw it in an account for these guys, you know, 
and and give it to an agent or i i don't even know if you can let agents in it it's so dicey and someone way above my it, pay grade money that isn't i would think it would be money that isn't paid out until until you know you, you leave the university so you leave the university it's almost like a 401k you leave a company your 401k transfers with you uh right probably not the best analogy but i know i know what you're saying though to, to start a campus uh not you know you albany not a campus that there's true superstars on like usc while reggie bush is walking around campus but like what what effect even if there was players on you albany's team making 20 to 30k would, would you think that would have on campus and like you know as, as in terms of the student body i think honestly in a school like you albany it could actually promote social stigma they would be celebrities walking around campus if you're making you know ten thousand dollars or whatever it is you're saying if you're from like a smaller school like you albany yeah like an yeah. school like this i mean look at trey lance how much money would he be making he would be not that he's not a celebrity right now but now he's a now he's got six figures in his pocket walking around campus yeah exactly and then what also football is how do small schools compete you know what i mean how right now north dakota state can land you know, a recruit, but if the, if it, it's tough for them to offer to be able to say, Hey, we're going to give you all the get you, we're going to be able to propel you and your image to, to this platform over here in an FCS school um, and be able to grab those recruits and, and kind of rather than just big schools now dominating because they have the, the resources to do so. Right. All right. Final thoughts. What, what, what would you do about this? So I, I say, I say, I say, absolutely, they absolutely make make the money off your name. I'd like to see the money be dispersed, you know, at the end of their career, or at least at the end of each year, so they're not raking in money like each week during the season. Uh, I'd like to see the integrity of college football kind of stay intact a little bit. But no, these guys are superstars, and they should be, you know, taking in a million dollars annually if they are that big. Uh, like Trevor Lawrence. I would always be, as, as someone, I would always advocate to get kids some type of money. You know, it's known that the NCAA is probably the only industry that doesn't pay its workers. Yeah, exactly. And and, and it's not like they're bringing in, you know, 100000 I mean, they're bringing in millions and millions of dollars to these really? to these schools. And and they're doing it off of the back of a, of a college, you know, student athlete. So the best thing is to wrap it up. Oh, I, to wrap it up, like I'd, I'd love to know how many parking tickets, how much money in parking tickets Johnny Manziel had to pay at the end of his career to Texas A&M. <laughs> Dave, Dave, why don't you give us your rundown? Yeah. Dave, why don't you give us your rundown? What do we got What do we got for this weekend, Steve-O? Well, I, I kind of want to touch base on sports that are coming back. Uh, we had the MLB come back last weekend. Uh, they're kind of in a little funk here right now with the Miami Marlins. Yep, I said it, the Miami Marlins. Uh, I think they had 19 club members test positive. I think 17 players and and uh, two staff uh, test positive for COVID. So they've been uh, they've been put on a uh, uh, a hiatus until Monday. At least their their games are, are canceled till then. Um, the Phillies, who they just played over the weekend. 
Um, haven't had any players come back testing positive yet, which which is a positive. Um, but it's like, you know, leave it up to the Miami Marlins to be the team that's going to fuck this all up. Arguably the most irrelevant team in sports right now. <laughs> okay. Like we said, who can you name on there? I can name Derek Jeter. And that's about it. He's not even on the roster. Who? What is am I name? now? <laughs> I was like, name someone well, listen, on the Miami Marlins roster. Couldn't name one guy. I, I, I'm I'm probably I would consider myself very up to date with m- most sports and most players that that you know I couldn't name one player on the Miami Marlins. So if I can't name one player on the Ma- Miami Marlins, they're probably the most irrelevant team to ever exist in pro sports. Is D Gordon still on the team? <laughs> Might be. Who knows, right? Don Mattingly's the manager. I know Don Mattingly's the manager, and they're 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 investigating. They're trying to find out how and what who who they came in contact with to all you know get COVID, and and it could possibly come out that the team went out and partied in Miami, you know, during the during the season. I think that if it does come back that they that they they were out, there should be a fine, there should be a suspension, there, there should be something. Obviously, they're already losing games, but. Did the so did the Phillies post? Did they postpone their games with the Yankees this weekend? Yes, they did. No, right? this week. This week this, they were playing week. the Yankees this week. They haven't announced their their plan for this weekend yet. Uh, I think they're waiting on all the results to come back for for the testing um, to see where they kind of land and all that. So, Is this a good time to segue into Joe Kelly and his massive ball sack? Well, I, I you know. Him getting an eight-game suspension, that just came down here a few hours ago. Uh, MLB dropped an eight-game suspension on Joe Kelly for throwing at, not hitting, throwing at two batters on the uh, the Houston Astros last night. Obviously, I think we all know the background of the, uh, the hate between uh, those uh, two franchises with uh, Houston Plus beating Houston's a bunch of cheaters. Exactly. And, and, and at the, you know, the forefront of them cheating, they, they basically, as the Dodgers stated, I think Clay Bellinger said that they stole a ring from them because they won the world series instead of the Dodgers that year that they were caught cheating. Um, you know, Joe Kelly was actually on the Red Sox at that time. Um, but now being a part of the Dodgers, I think, you know, baseball's a, a brotherhood and, 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 uh, you know, I think these how guys. Does, how does Joe Kelly feel about playing for the Dodgers? Is it the greatest thing that's ever happened to him? Like Mookie Betts said. Mookie, um, the best thing that ever happened to him was three hundred and sixty-five million dollars. So, <laughs> you know, he always said he wanted to go to free agency. The Dodgers didn't let him. They threw. They threw the the. You know, they they threw at him what what he couldn't say no to. You know, he's the second highest paid uh, player in baseball. But um, you know it. I think to get back to Joe Kelly and the suspension, one, I don't know. Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I mean, I saw the highlights of him throwing at it, them. It was pretty funny. It was a, th- I mean, not for, I would have shit well, my pants. What he was saying was, yeah. But he buzzed by Alex Bregman's ear. I mean, he, I mean, he buzzed it by his ear. Now, I don't know if you guys knew this, but in the offseason, Joe Kelly was videotaping himself throwing in his backyard, working on a new changeup. And he missed so bad he threw it through his back window, right. busted his window out. Yeah, it was on Barstool. Yeah. 
we have a quote from Bregman back in February saying, I kind of like the way that the game has always policed itself. And now he's getting 90 mile per hour fastballs to his head. Yeah, 96. But you know what? I'll give him credit. He didn't. He, I mean, he looked like he shit his pants, but he, he didn't say a word. He just walked to first base. I think you Joe know. Kelly likes the idea of brawling. I, I, you know what? Know what that made me feel? Know what that made me feel a little bit? I, I know, like they didn't brawl. They kind of like got to like six feet and maybe took it to like three feet and restrained themselves. But that, that, that kind of made exactly. me feel like sports is actually coming back. Like people. The NBA in the bubble with their expedition games and the baseball, like that was like the first step for me. That yes. like, yeah, we're, we're no, getting. I back agree. To the I, I agree. I think here. um, you know, the NFL coming out, making a schedule, uh, coming into agreement with the players for um, you know, protocols for health and safety. Um, I, I just think that's huge. Do you want to? Do you want to uh, kind of to uh, segue into the NFL and? Uh, where they've been with COVID, and you know, there's been a lot of players that have been opting out. So, yeah, no, you know, that you works. Segue um, over to I, that, I think that the NFL uh, is yeah. is full steam ahead. Um, I, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of players opting out. Um, they have the option, and I think it was announced that that they would receive one hundred fifty thousand dollars if they did decide to opt out for the season. I don't know what that kind of uh, alludes to with their contracts, and if it's going to count for a year off their contracts um you know that i haven't seen any reports on yet but uh, i think you know you're gonna see a lot of players and i think we touch base on it just in our our group chats of you know guys getting complacent they got rings they've got millions of dollars you know why why do they want to jump through hoops to 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 play um games like this i you know i don't know that's my take on it but I mean, we, we love for first off, the NFL has been outstanding through COVID. They literally haven't skipped a beat. They were told to shut down NFL draft. No, thanks. We're doing an NFL draft. It was actually, I watched more of the NFL draft this year than I ever done before. I liked seeing the players in their homes. Yeah, I, some of them were very comical. Uh, others were, were more serious, but it was, it was interesting. It was, it was better than seeing them just on a stage, you know, with a suit on. Uh, no, I, I literally think the NFL is bigger than COVID at this point. I think no, and the owners, the owners, Goodell has not slowed them, down. That's what it. That's what it boils down to. It's the owners COVID want it just as bad as these players want it. You know, and I think that's where Major League Baseball had had such an issue. Major League Baseball should have started a month ago. I mean, they could have they could have you know produced these safety protocols for teams a month ago. I, I mean. To me, it was it just all comes down to to how you're run, you know, uh, your owners, your your commissioners, and and people wanting to push forward to to you know get going. I mean, what has NFL done? I mean, I, I honestly ignorant, don't know. Like, what have they done to 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 get prepared? I feel like you know everything is centering around uh, you know baseball, NBA. Uh, the bubble NFL seems to kind of be quiet at this time. No. No, you it, missed. Uh, you must have missed the announcement. It really doesn't matter. Uh, these are these are private businesses. We we always want to exclude sports because we're we're so emotionally attached to sports. But the NFL is a private business. No one knows how how GE right now what their protocol is to bring employees back, which I'm, I'm sure they've been working. No one knows what Regeneron's protocols, and no one asks. It doesn't have to be public information. As long as 
the players have options to return or not return, and there is something in place. Who the hell cares? Well, I, I agree with you. And Pat, to just answer your question, the NFL did come out this week and announced that they that their players' association and the ownership groups came to an agreement um, under uh, kind of like same thing that Major League Baseball had to come to an agreement on with salaries and how they're going to pay the players, and then all the safety protocols that they're going to institute to each franchise to make sure that not only your franchise is is you know on a forward path of of having a healthy season but everybody's kind of following the same guidelines and rules so they put that in place this week um and basically said that they're moving forward with their season they've already you know announced their schedules and uh they're just they're move they're continuing to move the ball forward and the players that want to opt out are opting out that you know as, as long as people have options is like any company that said, hey, if you don't come back to work, you're fired. No one is going to agree with that. And the NFL's, they're if they want to opt out, they're paying them $150,000. I'd love to opt out of my job to get $150,000 this year. <laughs> exactly. $150,000. But then you guys, now you, you do, here's the thing. A lot of people, a lot of players are taking up on this opt out. And it's interesting. And how I look at it as, I think a lot of times we try to relate, relate to players, and I think I think some of them are just so far gone that you really can't relate to some of these players. Like uh, receiver on on the Patriots dropping, uh, he he dropped out. A lot of Patriots players actually dropping out, but he he left an eight million dollar year on the table, and it's like that. I mean, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year, how many years does it take you to make eight million dollars? Uh, something that I know any four of us, I mean, that, that's like, that's money for our kids. That's money for our grand grandkids. Like there is, there is money to be had there. And so I think unless some of these players are chasing something, whether it's a Super Bowl, uh, the record books or more money. So, you know, the younger ones, I think a lot of them don't have a problem walking out. It's like, Hey, I, I've made 15 to 20 million playing the game. I don't, I don't need to play two or three more. Oh, years. exactly. Sure. You know, especially these, you know, six Patriots came out this week and um, three of them were starters. Patrick Chung, I think he's got a wife that is pregnant um, with a baby, but he's got two two Super Bowl rings. He's got millions of dollars in the bank. And DeAndre, uh, De, uh, DeAndre, is it De, Deontay Hightower, Rue? Deontay Hightower. Deontay yep. Hightower? Yep. Opted out of his contract. He opted out. I think this he just had of- a newborn. Maybe they can get a devious plan to line up a number one pick next year with their 22 uh, draft picks. For the I think, I think Belichick's arrogance and his ego won't let him back down or kind of throw in the towel or wave the towel or whatever, the white flag. I don't know. The thing with them is they're not a team to be like, we need that guy, right? But, like, maybe Lawrence is the guy. Oh, no doubt. I mean, they, they, they you know, they're saying if, if they finished 5-11 and – um, or they've been stockpiling draft picks. Oh, then yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, oh, to yeah. get well, someone, uh, a sports personality said this this week, and it was well, the Patriots were never a team to need the the big name guy in, in reference to drafting Trevor Lawrence. But how, how do you say that when you had Tom Brady yeah, for the last freaking decade? Yeah, no, two decades. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's something. It's like yeah, well. 
Maybe it's bullshit, but I'm not putting that past Belichick. No, I agree. I mean, the guy's got a plan. And Kyle Cowherd was on it today. He's got a five-year plan. Five-year plan. He's like, Sid, what is it? Don't die? <laughs> I'll be I'll be working a fryer and big hooters. Day. Really making it. But, uh, no, Belichick, you know, Cowherd was beating his drum today just saying how the New England Patriots and 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 big business, for, for like you said, Dave, big business, you know, you have plans. You, you don't just wake up one morning and fly by the seat of your pants and just say, well, no, this is how we're going to run our franchise for the, you know, next few years. You know, you have a plan and, and you put your plan in place and, uh, you know, it, it it, it'll be interesting to, to see how how it all plays out, but I, I don't think Belichick's backing down, and I think with them getting Cam um, and, and the core players that they do have, I, I still think in that shitty-ass division, they're going to be competitive. Listen, I, I freaking love Cam. I love Cam on the Patriots. I probably, with the crowd, started disliking Cam when he was on the Patriots. And all of a sudden, he's showing up to his press conferences. Panthers. It, first of all, his outfit probably $30,000. Oh, yeah. Patriots, but I got you. We, we got you, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started, you know, he, he started declining on the Panthers. He was showing up to press conferences probably with hundred like $100,000 from toe to head. And uh, to me, it looked like he was taking himself outside the game of football you know, what's next? Cam's going to get himself in the fashion, setting himself up the future, which I, I don't mind that, but it seemed like his head was a little outside football. Cam seems straight up locked in now. Uh, there was a video of him getting um, getting off a flight in, in Boston uh, and refusing to talk to anyone. And I think maybe he needed a new ignition switch to, to kind of light a fire. And I think him signing – for the minimal amount that he signed for was that kind of kick in the ass, yeah. so to speak. I'm he, he's one of the players that I'm most excited to no, watch. He's betting on himself, and he, he's been he's come out and said he's one pissed off dog, and he's basically got you know bullseyes on teams' backs that you know his agent was in discussion with. You know, you know how pumped up it gets me when you hear football players say that when they say they are a pissed off dog. That literally gives me chills, like gets my blood flowing. Like I that's what football's about. Football is not about people, you know, leaving 8 million dollars yeah. on the table. It's it's about people yeah. being hungry. He's no. a villain. straight up He's hungry. He's the NFL needs. And another thing this could segue back into Belichick's mastermind is maybe he signs with another team and they get that third-round draft pick back. Genius, genius, genius. Belichick trades Cam Newton. Not even trade. I think he has to He has to sign because, <laughs> I mean, how long is the contract? Do you know any idea? One year? One year. One year, one million. One year, one, year, one, one year. million. He's got incentives to make upwards of nine million dollars this year uh, with incentives. You know, who's to say he even takes a snap for the Patriots? I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know Jared Stidham, but call me crazy. Uh, I just, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm back. I'm in up in Dave said, I am. In I, I love, I love his mentality. I love where he's at right now, and 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 you know what other team to go to right now would be the new England Patriots who just lost arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, you know, and, and, and everyone thought, well, there they go down year for the Pats. And they're also stepping into their, uh, their hardest schedule of all time uh, before the Brady era. So the past 20 years is their first year of having the hardest schedule in the league. 
So, so to wrap wrap this segment, I'll say the hardest schedule. I'd love to see them win all the all their divisional games, though, because I feel like Dolphins fans, Jets fans, they're like, you know, Brady's gone. We, we got a chance to actually make the playoffs this year. I'd love to see them just just wipe their asses clean and, and no, make I, sure I, win the division again. I think it'd be hilarious. We have some weekly topics that we can run through pretty quickly here so let's uh let's ro- roll through some of these we'll start with um let's start with steve scaries so so steve what's here is one thing week? that we'll touch base on uh you know rolling into the weekend and uh you know with with uh sports coming back i think uh, we'll have a broader uh, spectrum to go on but but as of right now as a lifelong red Sox fan the thing that scares me the most coming into this weekend, guys, is actually having to watch a Red Sox baseball game. They have quite arguably the worst pitching staff that has ever been assembled um, that I've ever seen in my 40. Yep, I'm a man. I'm 40. 40 years on planet Earth. They have a they have a double A starting pitching staff at best, and for a big market two years off of a world series championship. I just can't stomach it. I I, I can't even like, it just, it's, it it gives me the, 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 the heebie jeebies just thinking about how shitty they are. And I actually have to tune in because I'm a Red Sox fan. Fair enough. So up next, Bruce, can, can you chime in with, with the bad tweet of the week? Oh, the bad tweet of the week. I had a good bad tweet of the week. I took it straight from freezing cold takes because where else would you get it from? <laughs> freezing cold takes, another must follow. Uh, oh, must follow uh, Twitter. Not already. If you're not following. If you're not following freezing cold takes, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but in the <laughs> slim chance you aren't. I got Jamal Adams. As we know, Jamal Adams just got traded to the Seahawks. And Jamal Adams tweeted on October 29th, 2019. At the end of the week, last week, I sat down with GM and Coach Gates, and I told them I want to be here in New York. I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shot me around to two teams, even after, even after I asked to be kept here. Crazy business. And then he goes on, and then him and Le'Veon Bell have a back and forth. Something. Steve, yeah, I they went at it. Touch on that. They went at it. So first off, Steve, the trade in general. I mean, the Seahawks gave up a lot. I mean, two first round picks, some other picks in there. Seahawks are trying to win. They're trying to win immediately. Uh, what's your take on the trade? And then what's your take on on on, on Rooster's comment there? <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Well, anyway, we'll go with the with the trade first. I mean, it was a, an absolute overhaul for what the Seahawks gave up. They gave up their starting safety and then they gave up two first round draft picks and a third round pick uh, for, for um, Adams and a fourth round. I think Rue, I think I believe that that was the, I believe it was the third. I could be wrong though. Then maybe the, then maybe the Seahawks gave up a fourth round. It was, it was, yeah. it was a long way, yeah. but you're giving up two number one, you know, you're giving up two ones, you know, basically, like you said, Dave, they're trying to win now. They're, they're trying to, um, 
you know, put put on the, the back end of their their uh, their defense. Uh, you know, a, a guy like Jamal Adams, who's basically you know could be a game changer. And um, I, I just, I think it's unfortunate for Jets fans to have to see uh, uh, you know a top ten draft pick uh, get traded away yet again. But I, I you know, I I don't know. Maybe that's the. Uh, the, the the problem with being a Jets fan. Thank God we're Giants fans. But um Le'Veon Bell uh was basically recruited to the Jets and or that's what he said. Uh I, I don't you know you don't know if obviously it's been uh publicized that Adam Gase was fully against the signing of Le'Veon Bell for the amount of money the years um that he, he kind of thought it would handcuff them as a franchise moving forward and trying to rebuild. Um, so I, I honestly think that the Jets gave him the most money that they could. He basically came out on Twitter this week saying that that you know Jamal Adams was one of the guys that that was uh kind of pumping him up to to come to New York and be a part of the Jets franchise and can't wait to build something together. And you know, two weeks later Jamal Adams wants out of out of Dodge. But um you know, I, I hear the thing. I think uh, I can see how this is positive. I, I'd be a little worried maybe if the Seahawks gave too much, but if my team, if the if the Giants are going all in to win a year, I will not be mad at any team going all in to win in this year or next year. And well, uh, what's to say those draft picks ever amount to anything? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And here's the thing: the Jet, the uh, the Jets fans. I think Jamal Adams was was. I follow some Jets fans on Twitter, and it was like he was almost homegrown, so to speak, and kind of their guy. And to see him go is tough. Kind of like how Giants fans were pissed when when Odell got traded. Um, but they they need a lot more than a star safety right now. And I think it may. I think the trade absolutely makes sense for the Jets. I don't get. I never understood why. Uh, Levanian Ball signed with the Jets. That to me made no sense. He was kind of mature in his career in the Le'Veon NFL. Bell, Le'Veon Bell. I, I told you I would pronounce every name wrong from here. I love, until our I love it. But I love it. I don't get how he goes. The, the Jets are a complete rebuild team. How do you go to the Jets and be like, I'm going to help rebuild this team? Like, no. First of all, you're 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 a running back. Your your career is going to be short. You, you got to like, maybe just. Maybe he's taking the money, going for the money route. But I feel like he could have got a similar offer. He wasn't. He wasn't go. He already won. He won in in Pittsburgh. He was going for the most money that he could get for the for the for the years that he could get, and and that's that's where he was going. I mean, the guy sat out a year. He would. He he could have made sixteen million dollars under um, the franchise tag and opted out from playing. It's like who who you're going to turn sixteen million. That's what doesn't make sense. Now, now he needs to go into mature mode, and if Jamal Adams can get his can get his you know his ring or his championship or what he's looking for in his career. You need to shut up and let him go. Yeah, right. Exactly. You're on the Jets, right? You signed with the Jets. You, you knew they were a disaster. No one signs with the Jets. Like, yeah, this franchise is 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 phenomenal. Really you know what you got cover city stock market, baby. What's up? What's down? Hit us quick there, and then we're gonna roll in and, and kind of wrap it up with the Stortz buttered hard roll of the week. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait to fill you guys in on this Stewie's butter hard roll of the week. But anyway, stock up right now. I'm going with the NFL, NBA, and the ACC conference in college football. Um, all moving forward. Uh, really like the uh, the 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 platform that that the uh, NBA has has put themselves on 
putting themselves in a bubble in Orlando. I, I, I really think that um, everything that they have going for them down there will definitely uh, help us uh, see an ending to their season in October and an NBA champion being crowned. Again, the powerhouse that is the NFL full steam ahead moving forward. Uh, just it's, you know, got me pumped up stock down. We're going to go with our FCS uh, football conference of the AAC. Uh, I, I believe making a very premature uh, decision to uh, to cancel the regular season or actually what did they do? Give what did they do? Give the teams the option. You said ATC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I meant. What what I what I meant. See, yeah, yeah. the option to an independent schedule that obviously JMU is currently trying to pursue, and right, many which opting out. You know, if if college football uh, FCS commissioner or whomever it may be comes out and says that there's going to be a playoff this fall, well, I think a lot of these teams one are going to regret their premature decision to cancel. Uh, their seasons and two it's going to push forward these other seasons to get a schedule and to you know to to make up a regular season so they can participate in those uh in those playoffs um also i don't know if i can give a stock down to the whole mlb i think what they're doing and rob manford came out this week saying that you know this is a hiccup it's not a uh death sentence for the season but the miami marlins are stocked down i think they're a stock down the minute that they uh, opted into a season, seeing as we don't know one player. I'll throw, I'll throw one comment in on that. So the Marlins, multiple, you know, was it a dozen, 14 players test positive? We test, we talked about this. Every sports writer was like, oh, how's the NFL? How's, how's football going to be played if, if the Marlins have 14 people that are sick with COVID? It's like, first of all, hold on. Did, do these writers not like think that? No one in the MLB thought that there was a chance that like half a team could go test positive for COVID and that there was no plan put in place in case that happened. Like, right, do they exactly. think that like the people who run professional sports are that are that dumb? Because that, that was every comment on Twitter. After the Marlins test positive, with, with so many players testing positive, every Twitter sports writer was, how will the NFL play football if they are, you know, sweating on each other, hitting each other, tackling each other? If, if the Marlins who play baseball had 12 positives, like you, you and, don't think the plan is in place in case this happens. No. And here's, here's, here's what it gives the NFL, the upper hand too, and college football is, is they, they travel what, what two days, you know, if they've got a Saturday game, they travel on a Friday, they play their Saturday game, they get on a plane Saturday night and go home. Um, you know, with it, with the NFL, Saturday, they're flying into town. They're flying, you know, they're doing their, all these testing protocols of these players. They're not just letting them go into cities, you know, run rampant. If these guys do what they're supposed to be doing, the NFL is probably going to have, you know, obviously other than the NBA being in a bubble, you know, they have the second best uh, platform to, to, to move forward and, and, you know, make sure that these guys are safe and, and testing uh, negative for COVID before they start going from city to city. But baseball is, you know, you're playing six games a week in different cities each week. You know? I'd be willing to bet the Marlins aren't the last team to have a dozen guys test positive either from here on no. out. No, I, I agree. The waiver wire in, in NFL fantasy football this year is going to be out of control. It's going to be incredible. Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Dave, I, I know you always injuries, but then now as I, like, hey, my, my – 
half my half my team just tested positive for COVID. You got to get onto the waiver wire and, and claim six players. Right. Fantasy football DraftKings is going to be going bonkers. So that, that leads us to the buttered hard roll of the week, the Stewart's buttered hard roll. All right, to explain to you guys what the Stewart's buttered hard roll of the week is, uh, if you are from upstate New York, and obviously um, I work in a trucking industry, we love Stewart's buttered hard rolls. And for this week, we are rolling with Patrick Reed in the WGC FedEx St. Jude's Invitational Golf Tournament in, me up. in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, we know Patrick Reed uh, isn't liked by his own parents, but uh, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm rolling with him. I'm going to put that butter on that hard roll. I'm going to dunk it in my Stewart's coffee, and I'm going to chomp on that <laughs> thing while I watch my man Patrick take home the title. <laughs> Wait, why doesn't his parents like him? Because uh, he's a fat bastard. Our <laughs> <laughs> butter roll of the week, baby. Yeah, hey, yeah. We're rolling. We're rolling. Yeah, I think that wraps it up. First ever podcast in the books. It it felt like it went fair. It was very fluent, but uh, we'll let we'll let the listeners decide. Yeah, and if you don't chew big red, then fuck you. <laughs> Great, gotta edit that now. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Steve, give us a can cover city. Send us out. Yeah, Steve, we need the yeah cover city. Yeah. What do you mean? Thing. I've never done yeah, that. Yeah, come send us out. Give the, I've, ne send I've never. Man, I don't even do that. Do I? Do that? <laughs> you do that. <laughs> yeah, Cover City.